Thanks for joining us on the JX Today. Medford Community Outreach Court convenes again on Wednesday, the second session outside the usual courtroom in Medford. It's a way of getting the court closer to where the people with cases are. Virginia Greer presides. Judge Greer, thanks for joining us on the Jefferson Exchange. Thank you for having me. So talk, if you would, about the basic idea here, both in the sense of what you want to do and what you want to leave out of municipal court the way it's usually done. So I don't know that there's anything I want to leave out of municipal court, but for the outreach court portion of this, the idea behind it is that it's a voluntary program that is designed to kind of address outstanding infractions and quality of life misdemeanors that uh, people that suffer from homelessness or are at risk of becoming homeless or were homeless at the time um, can address during the outreach court sessions. Uh, The idea that we will find an alternative approach to sentencing on those cases that isn't a typical sentence that a court would impose, such as a fine or a jail sentence. Most of these people would not be able to afford the fine to begin with, and so it just puts them further behind being able to get back on their feet. And so what we're aiming to do is pair them up with the resources that they identify that they need. So whether that's housing resources or um, drug and alcohol treatment, medical resources, anything like that, if they identify that they need those, we'll try to pair them up or get them on the path to finding those resources. We've also had people uh, agree to do things like go back to school to get their GED in order to satisfy the terms of a sanction for the court. And so it, we're just trying a different creative approach. When you, that's a really interesting term that you use there, quality of life misdemeanors. Uh, can we explore that a little bit? Sure. So often what we're, we're dealing with, uh, with the people that suffer from the not being housed are, are what I referred to as quality of life misdemeanors. And by that, I mean things like trespassing or prohibited camping Um, Oftentimes, we'll see uh, theft of a shopping cart, which is a theft in the second degree, which is a Class A misdemeanor, but it's more of a a quality of life version of a theft, if that makes any sense. It does. It does, yeah. So, and then when you're talking about uh, getting people resources then, to get people paired up with resources so they can fulfill their commitment uh, to the court, um, a lot of ducks then sounds like they really had to be lined up in order to to get Medford Community Outreach Court started. It's been a year-long process um, that has taken a lot of effort to figure out how to launch this. We are extremely fortunate in the city of Medford to have um, a livability team with the Medford Police Department that does a huge amount of outreach through their own efforts. They have a community resource liaison that works directly with the court to help get people paired up with those resources. We have a very supportive city council, which has been very helpful. but what we're trying to accomplish is to run this this court with our existing resources um, and and see how far we can get and and hopefully make some progress with getting people back on the on the right track. Now, Judge Greer, you apparently had some examples to follow in other communities. Uh, we talked to Oahu in uh, in Hawaii. 
um, uh, from uh, from JPR News just to kind of get an idea of other places that do this. Are there many other programs out there? There are. It's it's very scattered, but there are a lot of programs out there. Everyone does things just a little bit differently. The primary model that you'll see is through the American Bar Association, and they have a homeless court model through, I believe, was developed originally in San Diego, but all of California seems to have some version of uh, a homeless court. I didn't want it narrowed down quite that far, so we're calling it the outreach court instead. Um, However, there are a lot of examples one, the one that I believe was mentioned in, in the article that was run was the um, Eugene Community Court. And that is a, an incredible, um, incredible court and a great model. This is substantially different in that it doesn't have quite as many um, moving pieces in terms of uh, probation officers or um, counselors that are directly involved with the court. Here, because we're using our existing resources, we're asking people to find their own resources, but we're going to help them along that way. So we're using our program manager, one of our clerks, myself, the livability team has been extremely generous with letting their community liaison help us out with this as well. She's an incredible resource and is able to guide people to these these additional resources. One of the things that we're working on is trying to get some of these providers to join us for these outreach court sessions. One of the most exciting things that is, has developed for us for outreach court is that DMV is going to be involved in our February session. So having DMV there to explain to people why they're suspended, what it's going to take to lift those suspensions, any of the fines and fees, that kind of thing is going to be a huge help for a lot of people. Wow. So you really have uh, more people getting more buy-in, it seems like, as time goes on. We are definitely trying. We're, we're attempting to get um, even more buy-in through uh, our other um, community partners that already work with the livability team. Of course, resources are stretched thin, so it's a big ask in some cases, but um, we are absolutely trying to get anybody involved that wants to be. Judge Virginia Greer from the City of Medford is our guest on the Jefferson Exchange as we talk about Medford Community Outreach Court, which is uh, just getting started with the next session scheduled for February 21st at the Merrick in the heart of downtown Medford. Judge Greer, you did have a few chances to try the concept of outreach court uh, out locally before you committed? What did you learn from holding the court at resource fairs? So the resource fairs were an interesting place to start. What we noticed from that is that there was a lot of people that showed up voluntarily. What we took from that was that a lot of these people, while they won't come into City Hall and actually come into a formal court setting, are more than happy to engage with us in a less formal setting. So the places that we have chosen, we hope, will be places that people feel comfortable coming to. Um, It's very clearly a less formal setting, and um, so we're we're hoping to get a lot more more buy-in from people that otherwise wouldn't come. The other thing we noticed during the resource fairs was that people were taking advantage of the resources that were surrounding them, 
In other words, we were able to point them to those resources as they were talking to us. Um, and what we're hoping to do is, is get some very specific resources available to people during the outreach court sessions. It's a much smaller um, version of the resource fair, but um, we're hoping to have some, some target resources available to them. Without those resources, I imagine there are some, some greater limits to what you can do. I mean, how much discretion do you have as a judge and what you can offer to the people who come before you? Well, uh, I mean, ultimately, I've got the, the final say in whatever happens to any any case that comes in front of me. Um, so it, the idea is that if people engage with helping get themselves back on a path to eliminate the barriers they have in front of them, if they're, if that's housing, if that's employment, whatever that is, we want to be able to recognize that effort for them as an, as a version of an alternative sanction for the court versus, you know, a typical sentence such as jail or a fine. Judge Greer, when you talked to JPR's Roman Battaglia a few weeks before this interview, an example you gave was to tell a defendant to find housing and stay in it for 30 days in lieu of paying a fine. With the tight housing market, can that, does that, has that happened? So that's an interesting question and one I'm hoping to find out about about on the 21st. Um, we have had some success with getting placement for people. Um, and it's not necessarily housing in a, in a traditional sense. I mean, housing could be spending that 30 days at the Kelly shelter, getting your feet under you, getting employment applications out, getting signed back up for the Oregon health plan, whatever that looks like for that person. It could be um, being out at the crossings at the at the new urban campground and having that stable housing for that period of time. It, it looks different for everybody. So I don't necessarily think that the tight housing market is going to be a barrier. It's obviously a problem, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean apartment or house in a traditional sense. Judge Virginia Greer from the city of Medford, again, our guest on the Jefferson Exchange as we discuss the uh, the rise of Medford Community Outreach Court next session coming up on Wednesday, February 21st at the Merrick in downtown Medford. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how the first official session went at the Kelly Shelter? I was extremely encouraged. We kind of did the Kelly Shelter announcement last minute. I think we only gave people a week, maybe two weeks of notice. And the, the, per, the reason for that was just that we weren't sure where we were going to end up. So the, the, the notice was short. But we, when we arrived there, there was actually a line out the building um, waiting for us to get there, which was encouraging, actually a little surprising, frankly. But I think we saw about 30 people that day. So I'm hoping that uh, between a more advanced notice and word of mouth that maybe we can even see more than that at our next event. Now, what about the, the trappings of the court? I mean, you're not in a courtroom in this case. It's, it's a bit less formal. I mean, for example, how do you dress for outreach court versus what you dress in the, in the courtroom? <laughs> That's a great question. So I don't wear the robe. Um, the, it's, it's a much less formal setting. I think last time I was wearing jeans and a sweater, it was, it's very informal. And I think that's not a bad thing. Um, I, I think that there is a time and a place for the court to have a formal setting to interact with all of the trappings of the court. But 
there is definitely a segment of the population that is so prohibited from getting to the court because of that, that they just don't come. And, and that's not the purpose. We want to be able to be out in the community. We want to be able to talk to people and let them know about the resources that are available to them um, and, and see if we can help them and help our community through that assistance. So certainly some benefit to the people who come before the court because they do potentially get resources that don't involve fines, jail time, whatever. But um, uh, but talk about the, the benefit on the government end. What does, what does the city of Medford get out of this? Well, I think the city of Medford gets a lot out of this. There's, it's kind of a threefold approach. The first, our community benefits from it because instead of having people that are languishing in the system on warrants, they're coming to court, they're becoming more productive, they're engaging in services. So we're eliminating a huge portion of, of the, the warrants that are being issued through the police department. We're saving on police time, making those arrests. We're saving the jail time with lodging those people because we don't need to because they are interacting with the court. Additionally, we're saving on public defender costs. We, I mean, there's a public defender crisis across the state of Oregon, and that does not stop at municipal courts. So um, being able to help stem the flow of cases going to the public defenders is a piece of it. But also, there's a prosecution crisis as much as there is a public defender crisis, and being able to help that piece of it as well. Um, so it's kind of a, a three-prong, four-prong approach, really. And so, Judge Greer, we're down to our last minute here, but uh, what are the limits? I mean, there's only certain kinds of cases that come to municipal court. I wonder if there's a model here for higher courts and more serious charges. Uh, You know, some of the circuit courts around the state already have alternative courts in place. Uh, Most of them are drug courts, mental health courts, that sort of thing. The, The barrier that the circuit courts have is that they're a court of record, which means that in order for them to go outside of the more formal setting, they would have to have a portable recording device of some sort, so that becomes a barrier for them. We're not a court of record. We've discussed becoming a court of record, but um, it would prohibit us from doing this type of thing um, without serious financial barriers. So I think some of those programs already exist in the in the circuit court arena. All right, just a couple seconds left, but it sounds like uh, things are meeting expectations, maybe even exceeding them a bit. Uh, at this point, I would say that we're exceeding some expectations and very excited to see what the next six months to a year brings. All right, we will watch the schedule for, for the next day. We know that uh, the next uh, meeting of Medford Community Outreach Court is Wednesday, the 21st of February at the Merrick in Medford, presided over by Judge Virginia Greer from the city of Medford. Judge Greer, thanks for joining us to talk about Community Outreach Court. Thank you so much for having me. Break time on The Exchange. We'll be back on JPR.